This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Sam Saltis. He is a technology entrepreneur with over 20 years experience in growing online companies and executing digital strategies. He's currently the founder and CEO of Core DNA, a SaaS digital experience platform, that's a DXP, that is disrupting the way website properties are built and managed. So Sam, are you ready to take us to the top? I am ready, Nathan. Let's All go. All right, good. So tell us about Core DNA. What's the product actually do and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Excellent. So CoreDNA is a pre-built SaaS platform uh, that brings together over 80 applications for agencies and end customers to use to build out um, hundreds of different solutions, including e-commerce, CMS products, intranets, and franchise portals. So we're trying to disrupt the model of having to redevelop platforms or software every time we want a new solution. We provide it out of the box we provide all the infrastructure security and over a thousand updates a year, and you play you pay a flat fee. The way we make money, we charge people a subscription uh, that starts at around five hundred dollars a month, and it goes right up to about ten thousand dollars a month, depending on consumption. And consumption is based on exactly how much um, utilization your website has. So we don't penalize you for selling stuff. We don't penalize you for making money. We want you to have as much traffic as possible. So what would you say the average customer pays you per month? Uh, the average guy at the moment pays us around two and a half thousand a month. Um, okay. This is an American customer. So, you know, we've only been in the market less than a year in terms of selling. I arrived here uh, just over two years ago uh, with my family. Uh, the, the genesis of the product was out of a a web company that I owned um, and I still own, but I've put management into place and I decided to launch it into the US market thinking that it was the best place for it to accelerate. So it launched in 2016. Yeah. How big had you grown the agency to in terms of revenue before you said, okay, I'm going to go do SaaS? Right, over five mil. And uh, within that, we had, you know, a reasonable clientele. um, But Australia is a tough market in terms of pricing. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Now, you launched in 2016. You built the tech product. Did you bootstrap this with your own money or did you raise capital? Yeah. So the product that was actually um, built over the years inside of our company. So we used it to bring on our service clients. And so one day I woke up and thought, hold on, we have a a product here that could live on its own. And all the way through, I bootstrapped it on the cash of the company. And I actually launched it here bootstrapped with my own cash and I'm still funding it. That's great. That's that's really great. Now, where are you at today in terms of total customers using the, the platform? So what we've what we've done in the year we've put on about twenty five customers um, uh, here, which is um, off a, a, a zero base with uh, very few um, with zero sales team, um, very limited. What's marketing. your team today? Uh, we're at forty people now total, uh, spread around the world. So we have uh, an engineering team in Australia. We have six people now here in terms of sales, marketing, and client success. 
And we have some strange ones in terms of London. We have our content marketing team there and our um, advanced uh, R&D team are in Germany, which is kind of interesting. And then can I kind of back into revenue, 25 customers paying 2,500 bucks per month puts you guys north of 60 grand a month in MRR, right? Yeah, we're over that. We're actually um, close to 200 grand a month in, in MRR. Okay. And, uh, and uh, the reason for that is that the clients here um, are paying us at least two to three times what we used to pay in Australia. Oh, I see. So across across your 25 customers, I really, I mean, they're really actually paying closer to about eight grand a month. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Yeah, interesting. Okay, great. So I was going to say with that headcount and bootstrapped and only 60 grand in monthly recurring revenue, you're burning cash like crazy, but not at 200. That's a little more, you're closer to cash flow being profitable. Yeah, look, I, the way I run my business and some people agree with it and some don't, I actually set my burn rate uh, fixed. I say, uh, I'm going to burn this much money each month. And whenever I make money to close the burn rate, I actually invest it in people. So I keep the burn rate consistent. Uh, I know how much I want to spend over the last 12 months. Uh, I've spent that money and I know how much I'm going to spend in the next 12 months. What is that number today? And how do you come up with those numbers? Like, do you have a math equation you use or what? Yeah. So I kind of look the way I look at it is, I'm willing to to spend over 40 grand a month uh, and burn 40 grand a month in the market. And uh, what I do is every customer that I bring on, I actually then add more people into the mix. So I recently picked up a couple of customers. I added some extra salespeople and some marketing people. And I I will keep that number um, going at that rate, which, you know, some people look at it and say, oh, why don't you go just raise money and make your life easier? And I just go, no, I, I think this is until I have exact market fit. And until I understand um, the market here, I'd prefer to kind of just burn slowly. And just to be clear, you're willing to spend or you're willing to lose in terms of cash out of your bank, $40,000 per month. That's right. Which means your total kind of budget to work with every month is 240 grand, 40 grand more than your revenue. Yeah, but I've still got to fund some people back in Australia to do the R&D and I've got to fund a team of people around. It isn't just the local team. So I isolate the local business as a local startup, you know, in my head, which has to have its own kind of P&L and its own burn rate. Yeah. And that's the, that's where though, where the 200 grand in revenue is coming in, right? Yeah, You're talking right. about your, your financial responsibility is still back to the agency. Is that what you mean? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They got it. That makes a lot of sense. So good. Okay. Bootstrapped. Uh, you're growing quickly. Now we, we know what obviously today kind of you're at run rate wise, take us back 12 months though. What were we at at the end of December, 2016? So we were, um, we were probably, uh, in terms of revenue, we're probably down, um, we had no customers here, sorry, so zero customers, but we had um, over 100, 100 and something customers in Australia. So we have customers like Nintendo, uh, Stanley, Tivoli, um, Langham Hotels. Just, sorry, just to be clear, because I'm, conf- I'm getting, Sam, I'm getting your agency stuff and your SaaS product mix up and I'm getting Australia and US mixed up. In Let me just make sure I say this right. Your, your core DNA SaaS product which has right. no agency stuff tied to it, has a total of 25 customers between the US and Australia, and you're making 200 grand per month top line on that, willing to burn 40 grand, grand in cash per month. No, so okay. let, me, let me clarify that. So I'd accumulated already SaaS clients in Australia through the agency, but they were directly with the agency. So my B-wired customers uh, were still paying me uh, subscription revenue each month and then what I did is I spun the product out completely here on its own, but with no agency um, involvement directly to agencies as the, my partners. So, so, so think of uh, Be Wired as 
your agency, my primary agency or my demo agency and uh, think of the agencies that I'm picking up here as the ones that are, are really treating it pure SaaS and okay. not doing it services. So what, ignore service revenue, like the pure play SaaS business is doing about uh, 200 grand a month uh, in revenue? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I just want to make sure I got that right. So my yeah, question- and the rest of it, and the rest of it is uh, the rest of it is services. Okay. My question there was just the pure play SaaS stuff. I want to understand how quickly you're growing it. So go uh, take okay. me back so, a year. What were you doing? Right. So, uh, so we've basically put on um, over half a million dollars in um, in a year from a zero base here in America. In Australia, it stayed stable because. I well, hold on, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to break up the locations. I just care, I care oh. about the business model. So, pure play oh. SaaS product core DNA. A yeah, year, had, a year ago, what were you doing in monthly recurring revenue? We've added um, over half a million in a year in terms of ARR. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so if I take five hundred grand, which is the half a million, and divide that by twelve, that's a, means you've added about forty-one grand in new monthly recurring revenue. That's right. That's and if right. you're at two hundred grand today, you were at twelve months ago about one sixty. That's right. Got it. Okay, so healthy growth—that's good. I mean, that's yeah. even even being bootstrapped. That's healthy growth for bootstrapped. Well, it's interesting because um, some of the stuff that really isn't evident in that is. Uh, understanding the cultural differences, the business differences, no connections at all, uh, you know, being in a small office on your own for the first three months and really kind of understanding the American way, if um, if that makes sense. It does. Now, are you, why Boston? Like you come from Australia, why uh, land there? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. I, um, I did a six city tour to have a look around at all the other cities and I did land in, in the valley. And this, I mean, I can go into it, but I went into LA and everyone wanted to be my friend and I didn't understand that when I just met them. Uh, I went to San Francisco uh, and the valley and everyone wanted to sell my business uh, or buy my business. And then I went into uh, uh, Chicago and I felt the tech community was a bit lack. lax. Um, New York was my second choice. And I went to Dallas and my Uber driver had open carry guns. So I figured that wasn't uh, for my daughter. And so I, um, so the answer is that I felt there was a real balance between what I call talent, the people to help me with my business um, investment, which I may need in the future, but you know, when the time's right for real accelerated growth and then business, real business. Like I felt that the West coast, I was unable to really tap into significant businesses that could use my product and, and make the most of it. CRMs might be the tool that I fight with the most. I just haven't found one that I really liked. I don't know if you guys are the same way, but they're just so tricky. And a while ago, I had a guy named John Lee on my show. He's the CEO of ProsperWorks. And he told me they just passed 40,000 customers and 24 million in annual revenue. So they're doing about $286,000 in revenue per employee. And I said, wow, why is this working? And I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. So I went to prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM, signed up, and it immediately became clear why it worked. Those of you that love growth hacking, you should go to that link just to see how they do the onboarding. That's prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. In short, it's like magic. You know, I'm not the guy that, you know, finishes the sales call and then takes the time to actually put data into the CRM. They have this magical way of just doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. So every morning when I wake up, I just go, okay, what leads are ProsperWorks telling me to reach out to because they're most likely to close and it works so well. And you guys know I love money and I love only focusing on the leads that are going to close. So I encourage you to try ProsperWorks. They're sponsoring the show. Check them out at prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. 
Folks, that's again, prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. What are you at now turning to unit economics in terms of churn? So we do less than 5% a year. Uh, and the reason in for logo that- In logo or revenue churn? Uh, in, uh, in revenue churn. Good question. Um, yeah, in revenue churn. And the reason for that generally is people don't understand the value proposition or we're not good enough at explaining the revenue um, and delivering as, f- as far as saying to people, hey, this product allows you to scale. You never have to replatform. And people still think the old concept of design, build, and destroy. So, yeah, by the way, Sam, com- by the way, I think that's actually that's too good of a revenue retention rate. I like, have you ever thought about the fact that that's actually you're not churning enough? You, you are probably leaving money on the table. You should probably double your prices. <laughs> um, no, I haven't actually. That's a really good point. I mean, because uh, most people like in this space, I mean, you, you, it's totally okay. Like, I've had many hundred million dollar companies on where they have gross revenue churn of 10%. So they're retaining only 90%. But then where they start making loads of cash is they get to net negative revenue retention because of all the expansion revenue they're driving. Oh, wow. I got you. Yeah. And, uh, and I suppose the, the one benefit for us is that we're not spending a pile of money in acquisition. Uh, we're yeah. not actually putting a lot of money into a lot of the marketing stuff. We're doing it very conservatively. What is that now? But, What's your CAC? Um, I don't know the exact number, to be honest with you. I heard it in one of your podcasts, and I went, I better go work that out. But, uh, <laughs> What's a range, uh, though? Like, is it below 10 grand a customer? Oh, yeah, way below, way below. Below because, a grand? Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Okay. Because I have, I've now just put on salespeople, and as you know, they cost money. Uh, so if I'm taking it all in, I'd say it would be probably at least two months worth of subscription. Okay, probably. So, so if they're you paying, know, if, you're, if your subscribers are paying about eight grand a month, so you're willing to spend up to like 16 grand yeah, to acquire them? Yep, and they stick around for at least four to five years. Yeah. Because once you've built an e-com, um, a multi-tenant e-com, and you're scaling globally, the last thing you want to do is change platforms. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm clear, though, because a second ago I said, is CAC around 10 grand? And you said, no way lower. Then I said, okay, is it 16 grand? And you said, yes. So I want to make sure right. I understand so, you right. So the reason it's higher than 10 grand is because I offer um, commissions to the agency partners to bring them on. So my internal CAC, in terms of what I- Fully weighted. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, when you're a partner of Cordina, you get the first month subscription um, delivered to the salesperson, and that's a really interesting incentive. But um, if I think about the um, it, the internal CAC, it's much less than that. And then you assume lifetime value is what three, four years, four to five years. We're finding we have customers that have been with us for fourteen years, um, which is <laughs> which is quite interesting. I go back to their websites and go, oh my god, what happened here? Uh. <laughs> uh, but uh, com- customers like Nintendo have just closed. They're 10 years and they run over 200 websites with us. That's amazing. So, yeah, so if you've got, is, if they're paying eight grand a month, then I imagine that Nintendo's probably paying more, but eight grand a month across 48 months, your LTV is about 380 grand. You're only spending 16 grand to get the customer. That math works. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. Um, our, <laughs> our challenge, our challenge though, is this, the fragmentation of the market because, you know, there's a lot of misnomers out there in terms of what people are saying about platforms. You know, you, everything from you can download a free platform right up to you have to spend tens of millions of dollars on a platform. So coming in and getting your message heard is one of the interesting challenges uh, as, as a, um, a business. Makes a lot of sense, Sam. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Quick answers here. Number one, what's your favorite business book? So the customer funded business uh, by John Mullins. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Well, I kind of find Jack Dorsey really interesting from Twitter because of the challenges he faces. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Uh, Wonderlist uh, keeps me in track. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? 
five. Okay. It's funny. That's crazy. Like, yeah, no, I know. The last know. four episodes, all the CEOs have said five. I don't know how you people function. I need like eight or nine. Coffee. Coffee. All <laughs> good right. Astra- good, strong coffee. <laughs> and Sam, what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? So I'm married with one daughter, nine years old, and it was uh, I brought them all over to Boston with me. So we're having a great experience, and uh, it's part of my mantra, you know, leave the bookmarks. Is your daughter book. and your wife, are they still happy? Are they loving Boston? Are they getting kind of ingrained, or do they hate you for it? Uh, the, at the start, they hated me for it, especially during the winters. But, you know, Boston grows on you. It's it's really awesome. You know, like we, um, we're now traveling around and seeing the sights and, you know, going to Vermont and doing all those kind of stuff. So it's really it's really an awesome place. That's great. And how old are you, Sam? I'm just 50. 50? So, yeah. Very good. Oldie. You're not old. All right, last question. Take us back 30 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? So I, I this is one of my mantras, um, and uh, I sort of summarized it, and that is that you can't know everything uh, in life, but you have to question the things you know. I love that. You can't know everything, but you have to question the things you know from Sam Core DNA. Launched it really via an agency back in Australia. He's since moved it to the States up in Boston. Launched it hardcore back in about 2016. Totally bootstrapped. They have a team of 40 uh, now serving 25 customers, paying on average eight grand per month. So doing about 200 grand in monthly recurring revenue, up from just 160 grand in monthly recurring revenue just about 12 months ago. He's retaining almost 95% of his annual revenue, which is obviously great. Spending about 16 grand to acquire a 380 thousand dollar lifetime value customer that math works sam thank you for taking us to the top no problem thank you nathan